Our lives are filled with relationships. Our lives are layer upon layer of relationships. You go to work and there are relationships there. You come to a place called home and there are relationships there. We have relationships with our pets. We have relationships with distant relatives, with brothers and sisters who live far away, with brothers and sisters who live close by. We have relationships at church. We have relationships at school. We have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Everything about our lives is driven by relationships. And so we come to the last Sunday in an eight-week relationship series. And I've taught you many different aspects of relational integrity and relational life. And today we come to the concluding message, how to solve big, sticky, complicated problems, putting it all together. So I'm glad you're here this Sunday morning. Thanks for always showing up, listening to the few things that I have to say. In this weekend's Wall Street Journal, one of my favorite writers put forth a tremendous article called The Manliness Manifesto. The Manliness Manifesto. Dave Barry writes, we live in ridiculously convenient times. Think about it. Whenever you need any kind of information about anything, day or night, no matter where you are, you can just tap your finger on your smartphone and within seconds, an answer will appear as if by magic. Granted, the answer will be wrong because it comes from the internet, but it's convenient. And then there's travel. A century ago, it took a week to get from New York to California. Today, you can board a plane at LaGuardia, and six hours later, think about that, six hours later, you will, as if by magic, still be sitting in the plane at LaGuardia. (laughs) Because LaGuardia is Italian for, you will never actually take off. (laughs) So we have it pretty easy, he writes. But we have paid a price for all this convenience. We don't know how to do anything anymore. Today, let's talk about solving big, sticky, complicated problems. There was a big, sticky, complicated problem up in Williamsburg the other day with one of our grandchildren. We received this picture and we became alarmed. (laughs) She just wanted to check it out. She just somehow, we don't know really, she can't talk yet, so we don't know what she was thinking. But, you know, Nina was wondering, could she salvage her shoes? You know, are the shoes salvageable? And also she was wondering, does she have to give her another bath now? Uh, You know, if all of our problems were this easy to solve, life would be easy indeed. But they're a lot more complicated, aren't they? Let me take you back to a time and a time's time. Let me take you back into ancient times and tell you a story about a big, sticky, complicated problem. Joshua, chapter 24. And here you are at the the end of this story of this great leader, and he's trying to make sure that that everything's going to go right. But he's got a, a pretty big, sticky, complicated problem on his hands. He writes, 
Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Me, my family, we're going to serve God. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God, but Joshua knows these people. He knows the big, sticky, complicated problem. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. Joshua, you're wondering, like, what's he, what's he thinking? He's thinking about the big, sticky, complicated problem he has on his hands. These people say they want to do it God's way, but they don't. And so he calls them on it. He says, you can't do it. We're going to do it. My family, we're going to do this. You can't do it. I've watched you. I know you. You forget. You always forget, and you go the opposite direction. You drift the opposite way from the way God wants you to go. I'm calling you on this. You can't do it. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Oh, we can do it. We, we want to do it. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. He says, if you say this, you have to remember this. You said it yourselves. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. We know what we're saying. We are making this, this decision. This is a defining moment in our lives. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. He knows who they are. He knows they forget. And he's saying, get rid of that stuff now. Get rid of everything in your life that causes you to think in a different direction than the direction God wants you to think. Get rid of everything in your life that distracts you. Get rid of everything in your life that is calling you to be less than God is calling you to be. Yield your hearts to God. Yield them. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. So as a good leader, on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, see, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. 
It will be a witness against you. If you are untrue to your God, then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. In other words, Joshua said, it's time to now go and bring faith and life together and live with relational integrity into a future that God is creating in you and through you. See, he said, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. A stone doesn't hear words. A stone doesn't hear anything. But every time people looked up and they saw that stone, that stone under the oak, every time they saw it, they remembered that day. They remembered what Joshua said, that he and his family were wholeheartedly giving themselves to God's purposes. They remembered that they were witnesses for each other. They remembered the words of the covenant. They remembered God. A really great book that has influenced my thinking uh, around this passage of scripture is Crucial Accountability, Tools for Resolving Violated Expectations, Broken Commitments, and bad behavior, or in other words, tools for resolving big, sticky, complicated problems. If you have a business or you're involved in education, I encourage you uh, to read this. There's a lot of great principles in it. What I'd like to do is, is look at, at this concept of accountability as it arises out of Joshua chapter 24, because accountability is so important in our lives. If we're not accountable or if we're not holding each other accountable, things just don't go well. Let's look at Joshua's lessons of accountability. Number one, there is always a choice we must make about what we will build life upon. There's always a choice. Joshua says, here's my choice. I'm going to build my life and my whole family is going to build It's life upon what God asks of us, upon knowing him deeply, upon loving him in an expansive way, upon each and every day knowing that I live my life as a servant to the creator of the universe. There is always a choice we make about what we will build life upon. And if we're not aware of making that choice, that choice is being made for us as the world sets an agenda or as our culture sets an agenda. So we must be resolute about the choice. We will build our life upon what God has asked us to do. Second, we must hold each other accountable to our choices. If I'm not living up to these foundation blocks of life, these biblical principles, then somebody's got to call me on that. If you're not living up to it, then somebody's got to call you on it. It's only in community that we find the safety of accountability. Accountability is a safety net. We read the stories about when people aren't accountable all the time and the tragedies that come out of that and the life destruction, the relational destruction that comes from that. This is why it's so important to be connected in a small group or be connected in a men's Bible study, a women's Bible study, to go to A2, to show up here on Sunday morning, to think your thoughts in the light of God's truth, we must hold each other accountable to our choices. We must evaluate the content of our lives. When Joshua went back 
and, and reminded them of everything that God was asking. He was evaluating with them and for them the content of our lives. In the New Testament, Paul writes about that. He writes about how we need to examine ourselves in 2 Corinthians, to examine ourselves, to test ourselves, to see if Jesus Christ is really growing in us. We have to look at that. And then finally, there are symbols of accountability that call us to be faithful. They set up a stone under an oak tree as a symbol of accountability. So if you're having a bad day or things weren't going well for a season and you looked at that stone, you remembered there's a covenant, there's a promise, there's a a track that I'm running on. I've made a commitment. And for us, we have symbols like that. There's a cross. There's, uh, there's a, sometimes people keep symbols in their hand or in their pocket. I gave a, a, a rock with a cross etched on it to a friend of mine the other day who's going through a really hard time. And then I saw him yesterday afternoon, and he said, I have that in my pocket. I have that in my pocket. He has it close because it's a tangible reminder of the covenant, the promise that God made with us through his son, Jesus Christ. There are symbols of accountability that call us to be faithful. This room is a symbol of accountability. It says we show up here. We want to learn and grow here. If you want to solve big, sticky, complicated problems, it will come down to understanding basically one concept. Are we building bridges or barriers? Because we're always doing one or the other. Are we building bridges relationally or are we building barriers relationally? At the core of Joshua 24, he is building a bridge. He's building a relational bridge, a faith bridge. He's building a bridge of integrity between the people and God, between God and the people. There are always two signs that you have found yourself at a dead end and you're not dealing with the right problem. The first sign is your solution doesn't get you what you really want. Your solution is not getting you anywhere. You, you had a solution in mind, but it didn't resolve anything. You still have the big, sticky complicated problem on your hands. The other sign is you're constantly discussing or dealing with the same issue over and over and over again. It's, it's what I call and others have called you know, the deja vu all, all over again syndrome. It's like we talked about this and we talked about this and we talked about this and we thought we fixed this. We thought we got this fixed. We thought this was taken care of. And it just it keeps coming back. It keeps coming back over and over and over again. If your solution doesn't get you what you really want, and if you're constantly discussing the same issue over and over and over again, you have not effectively managed the big, sticky, complicated problem. Let me give you the big, sticky, complicated strategy. This is, this is really simple. You can, you can write this down. I'd encourage you, if you've got the notes section on an iPad or a phone, to put this down right now. This is worth hanging on to. If you've got a, a pen or a pencil, you can jot this down quickly on a small piece of paper and keep it and think about it. Because if you use this big, sticky, complicated strategy this week, you can start to unravel 
some of these problems that don't ever seem to go away. Here it is. Number one, reduce the problem to its bare essence. Just define the problem at its core. Number two, decide what's bothering you the most. What is getting at you the most? What's getting under your skin the most about this? And finally, third, distill your final outcome to a single sentence. Craft one sentence that says, this is what I want the outcome to be. I want to be able to see this. Let me give you an example. Let's go to Joshua chapter 24. Number one, reduce the problem to its bare essence. After a while, people tend to follow the wrong gods. People drift. People forget. They follow the wrong gods. Number two, decide what's bothering you the most. This makes God very upset. Joshua knows this, this tears at his heart. Number three, distill your final outcome to a single sentence. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that, that sentence is ringing in the ears of each listener. It's hanging in the air. It's there for everyone to, to embrace and to feel. As for me and my house, we're going to do this right. We're going to worship God and live for him and let him live in us and through us. Let's look at Jesus quickly in Revelation 3, verse 20. In that chapter, verse 3, reduce the problem to its bare essence. He says, you're lukewarm. I don't do lukewarm. I'd rather you're hot or cold. You're lukewarm. That's the, the problem in its bare essence. Let's look at the side what's bothering you the most. I'm very concerned, Jesus is saying. I'm very, very concerned for the direction that you're going. And then finally, distilling his final outcome to a single sentence, he says, if you, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. It's a single sentence that says this is what he wants to see. This is the the final outcome that is good. Let's look at you at work. Number one, reduce the problem to its bare essence. Staff meetings go too long. Number two, decide what's bothering you the most. Everyone adds to the agenda in the meeting. You know where I got this? From me. I always add stuff to the meeting. Number three, this is still your final outcome to a single sentence. All staff meetings will last no more than 90 minutes starting next week. There you go. You at home, first edition. We've totally stopped eating dinner together. I feel disconnected and that bothers me. We'll eat dinner together at least twice a week. Boom, you solved the big, sticky, complicated problem. You at home, part two. The garage looks like a bomb went off. I feel like nobody cares, and that hurts me. Can we all work on the garage for an hour this Saturday? There it is. You and money. We have a major home repair coming up. I'm anxious about how much it will cost. Can we get three estimates and also talk to our neighbors who did this repair two years ago? For students, you and your parents. I really want to go on the summer mission trip. I'm worried because the cost is almost $2,000 and I've only saved $1,000 from a couple of birthdays and Christmas. Number three, can we pray about it together and will you help me raise the other half? Number four, can you clean your room for 1000 bucks? But you see how you take the issue and, and you, you define it and you, 
you express the feeling that you have about it, and then you say, this is, this is what it needs to be. It needs to go here. I need to see this. Reduce the problem to its bare essence. That's what Joshua did. You can do that. Decide what's bothering you the most. That's what Joshua talked about. You can do that. Distill your final outcome to a single sentence. Are you building bridges or are you building barriers? Sometimes you also have to look at the fact that maybe the big sticky problem is you. Sometimes I'm the big sticky problem and I need to decide why I'm building a barrier and not a bridge. That's what was going on in that movie clip from Saving Mr. Banks. The woman who had written the, the great Mary Poppins story was, was constantly building a barrier, building a barrier, building a barrier. Walt Disney was trying to build a bridge, build a bridge, build a bridge. And, and that, that final scene, which we gave you just a, a snippet of, is, is a much longer scene. The whole movie comes down to that scene. The whole story is in that 10-minute segment of the movie. I just about came out of my chair. The waves of emotion were pouring over me. Everything was, was happening in that moment as, as Walt Disney was building a bridge, desperately building a bridge to Mrs. Travers. And he said this, we all have our sad tales, but don't you want to finish the story? Let it go and have a life that isn't dictated by the past. And here's the, the final piece of the big, sticky, complicated problem paradigm. To solve the problems that we have in our lives, to solve the, the relational disconnectedness, the, relation, the relational murkiness, we need love. As Paul stated a long time ago, love never fails. As it was stated so well in the book Tuesdays with Maury, well, who wins? Who wins when there's a big, sticky, complicated problem going on? And Maury said, love wins. Love always wins. You see, big, sticky, complicated problems have to submit to love's humble power. Love always builds a bridge. Love always breaks down a barrier. Let me take you back once again to a time and a time's time, thousands and thousands of years ago, when the very beginnings of, of this faith relationship that we have with God was, was forming. God was, was speaking into the lives of, of people and in the same way he's speaking into our lives today. Deuteronomy chapter 6, words echoed by Jesus much later. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you sit at home, those are relationships, you know. When you walk along the road, those are relationships, you know. When you lie down and when you get up and you go back into that relationally driven world that's your life, 
Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Have symbols in your life that you can look at and see and touch that will remind you that love wins. Love always wins. Love never fails. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Put that in a positive way. Always remember the God who's blessed you with all the things that, that are your life, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of, sa- of slavery. Don't forget that you've been given a life and blessings that flow into your life come from a God who loves you very, very much. The paradigm of solving big, sticky, complicated problems is hollow and empty. It's mechanical without love. And that's why sometimes the problems go around and around. They repeat and they repeat and they repeat. That's why sometimes I'm the problem because I'm not embracing this love that God has shown in my life, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Life is not just about planning for retirement. Life is not, well, if I get to that place and I finally get this house or that car or we go on that trip, life has lived out layer upon layer of relationship each and every moment of each and every day. It's lived out in a context of problems that must be solved and events that must be witnessed and and times and seasons and commitments that we must remind ourselves about and hold ourselves accountable for. And it's love that knits it all together. For without love, we get lost easy. Without love, we forget overnight who we are and how much God loves us. So last night, I honestly thought, I thought, there's no letter, we're wrapping this up, there's no letter. I thought it, and I was ready to, to leave, and God said, no, there's a letter. Write this down. And he wrote it to all of us. Dear friends, it's always been your choice to build bridges or barriers. It's the work of your days All it takes is doing a lot of complaining and finger pointing to build a barrier. Foot stomping and prickly diatribes build walls quickly. Reverse the bitter brick laying and all it takes is a resolute application of love to build a bridge. Here are the easy steps to spanning a gorge with love. Love me. Love yourself because I love you. Then love everyone else. That's it. Yes, even the person you're thinking about right now who isn't so lovable. She's the one who needs it most. He's the one who will one day understand the majesty of grace. Problems, most of your problems come from not communicating clearly about what really needs to be discussed and understood. 
Superficial judgments don't help anyone feel connected at the heart level. Much of your alienation comes from dank, noxious demands you make to be served rather than stoking the fire to figure out what you might do to serve someone close to you. Let the fire of servanthood burn white hot in your soul. I know gaps in the fabric of your relationships will incessantly appear. That is precisely why a tight focus on loving me is so important. Your connection to me is the first true connection to someone else. When our hearts beat together, everything starts to line up, clear up, and build up in love. Remember, relationships of integrity are the hardest work there is. Do the work. Put in the time. They're worth every drop of sweat, every tear. Keep building bridges. Knock down fusty barriers. Keep serving me. Stay the course for the kingdom, not of this world. I'll always be walking beside you. I'll be in your heart and mind, whispering your next move into relational reality. One final question, and we're done for now. Don't you want to finish the story? I'll write it with you. We can't hurry, love. God. You see, God knows that love can move mountains. God knows that love can do amazing things. And God knows that the only way he can do that is in us and through us. And he calls us to this amazing work of love in the world. We can solve big, sticky, complicated problems at home, at work, at school, but we can only solve them through love. It's why Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know that you're following me, that you have love for one another. And even when we don't do that well, even when we have cranky days and, and, and hard days and we kind of get tired, we can always get up on a new day and say, God, I kind of missed it yesterday, but I'm here today. I love you. Let your love flow through me so that we can change the world. Through his love and through his grace, you will be changed. You will change the world. Dear Heavenly Father, we are humbled to think upon these stories from Scripture from long ago and to realize that people have always been trying to, to solve big, sticky, complicated problems. So in the light of the glory of the, the knowledge of your Son, Allow us to, to serve you well. Allow us to, to be moved to a passionate expression of bringing faith and life together all the time. Father, change us and change the world in us and through us. For we give our lives again to you today. In the name of Jesus. Our Lord, our Savior. Amen.